0: On last week's episode, we talked to Laura McCulloch, an Australian actress living in LA that had her life turned upside down after meeting up with a man she connected with on a dating app. Today, I'll be following up with Laura, now living back in Australia, about her efforts to move forward and the internet backlash she now faces historic media you're listening to codename siren a true crime podcast with Nina Hobson Laura when we last spoke court wasn't even sorted out I mean it was very fresh what had happened yes it
1: was very fresh and I hadn't I hadn't yet been to court, I suppose. I think you were leaving to go to
0: Australia, or I know that you and I had talked about it. I don't know whether that decision at that point had been made, but um, you were going to go and spend some time with the family because of everything that I had gone on and how crazy things had got. Is that Would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had no desire to stay in L.A., I was reading all the signs. It was very clear that um, it was not the, the place for me to be at that point in time. You know, I'd tried, I'd i gone there to try it out to see if I could make a life for myself there. And it was very evidently the wrong fit um, in many ways. And that was kind of, you know, the incident was just kind of like the cherry on top. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is this is not it. This is not for me right now. I didn't want to go immediately back to New York. I didn't feel quite ready. Um, with everything still hanging over my head. Because yeah, like you said, I hadn't yet been to court. I was still awaiting trial. Tell me about that, Laura, about the, you know, awaiting trial. So it was scheduled to be a particular date in September. So a month after the arrest. I was waiting about a month um to, to go to to go to court. And it was a hellish month, an absolutely hellish month. Like my life had been turned completely upside down. I didn't even want to leave the house. I was scared. I was paranoid. I didn't know who knew what because it had gone so public. Like I didn't know if I was going to be harassed in the street, you know, because I was being harassed online I I'd I'd deactivated all of my um, social media profiles because I was being harassed and trolled. I didn't want that and I was getting that online so I wasn't sure who knew what out in the world, out in public. So I was kind of incognito for that first month at least. I was pretty scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was praying and hoping for the best case scenario and the best result from the trial but I was also preparing myself for the worst. I was trying to sort of do the best that I could to just look after myself, basically, rest, go to yoga, only see the people that I knew and trusted within my very, very close inner circle, um, which, you know, I, I I hadn't been in LA that, that long, really. But even then, I just didn't trust anybody, really. <laughs> like, I was getting ready to go, to trial on a particular day. I think it was like I don't even know, September 15th or something like that. And I'd spent the month preparing, gathering character witnesses. So that asked for eight character w- witnesses. I think I gave them 10 or 12. This is not who I am. This doesn't define me. And if you even if you think or you're trying to make it out like this is the this is the kind of person I am. This is not who I am. I had to provide a whole lot of different stuff for them like a working history from the entire time that I'd lived in the U.S., a character reference for myself. So it took that entire month to get it all together, honestly. The day before trial, maybe like 9 p.m., the public defender um, texted me and said that I didn't have to come because they were delaying it. Then I was a bundle of nerves all over again because I'd prepared myself to go and be in court and get this thing done and I'd prepared myself to have to go and sit there in silence and not be able to defend myself and not be able to stand up for myself and not be able to speak my truth or tell my side of the story because nobody cared about that. It never factored into any to any of it at any point. It still doesn't. And I think that's what's bugged me from the get-go, obviously, but even even still to this day, honestly. So you obviously
0: will go back to you your court date was cancelled, which, you know, that happens a lot, but people probably don't understand the significance that that has on you as an individual. You and I were obviously liaising and talking and, and trying to sort things out at that point. And it looked also that your sentence wasn't just going to be what you had initially been told. There was now a chance of prison. That's right.
1: So initially, initially what we had been told, I think the day that i first appeared in court and the day that I met Nina. We had been led to believe that um, they were going to get the case dismissed and that it would go no further. Cut to a month later and the public defender says, you don't need to come. And I say, okay, great. Well, what's the likely outcome? Like, what are we looking at probably here? Because, you know, then she says, well, it's been delayed. We don't know when the next date's going to be. So then we're just like what? I'm thinking what? Like what? So, I, so I'm so i now still kind of like held captive but out in the world kind of thing, still having to, you know, look over my shoulder, et cetera. I wanted it all tied up. But then we, you know, I said to her, so is it, are we still going to get the case dismissed? And she she sort of was like, what? No, that was never going to happen. And I was like, but that's that's what we'd been led to believe. That's what we'd been told. No, she said, you know, you're most likely to get essentially 12-month good behaviour and community service and continued court-ordered AA meetings. And so that came as quite a shock because we were, I was expecting, and I had actually been, you know, essentially telling other people as well that that was likely to be the outcome, that we were just going to get the case dismissed. And I I
0: remember that we obviously, we had a, a person that is a lawyer who wasn't acting for you but was advising right. us and um when the case got delayed and and the terminology that was used mm. to you when you know i remember really clearly that panic of you know worst case scenario this isn't going to be dismissed this is now on my record i could go to jail yeah. and best yeah. case scenario is this is still on my record but this is going to happen and i mean it was mm. it was obviously it was very very stressful for you and your family obviously and you were the other thing was you were still in LA and yet you were desperate to go yeah. to Australia to be with your family and you still and you've just mentioned you know you you still didn't really have the opportunity to give your side of the story you were arrested for a crime and that was it the yeah. end yeah. so but going back to so you you now have this hanging on going over mm.
1: again, so. I'd already booked flights. Well, my sister had booked flights for me to um, come home. I think it was like September 18th. I mean, court didn't happen. And then three days later, um, I threw, flew back to Australia and just sort of sat tight here. Had been told that when when the next court date occurred that I wouldn't be required to attend. So, and that I didn't have any travel restrictions. I think it ended up being delayed until like November, November sometimes. So it was still a very long wait until that next date, you know, a long wait of not knowing my fate, basically not knowing what the requirements would be. Obviously I'd thrown out the idea at this point of having the case dismissed. So I just focused on, you know, imagining the best case scenario and as little Sort of punishment as possible, I suppose, again, in the back of my mind, I still had to prepare myself for the worst because I still didn 't know are they going to ask me to like are they going uh, you know who knows how this is going to turn out, and am i am I still potentially facing jail time i don 't know
0: How are you feeling about what had happened because and i 'll just do a recap is you were a missing person when I was in you know, contacted by your family. And then it turns out that you were missing, but you were in police custody the whole time and that you had mm-hmm. been on a date with a a gentleman that at that point we don't think his profile had been correctly portrayed. Everyone had kind of stopped taking notice of that because of the assault yeah. that you were charged with. Yeah. So how were you feeling at this yeah. point facing potential prison having to go home give up what you had here and yet still you felt no one was listening to you
1: you know like I said that I had to write the the letter to the um court as well that you know to the judge appealing and uh you know talking about myself and my life and my family and you know sort of what my life looked like and what my childhood looked like and all of that kind of stuff and what my interests were and all that and I still wasn't allowed, I was advised not to even mention um, in the letter that I didn't remember anything. I don't know why, but she's, the public defender seemed to think that it wasn't going to help me. And I didn't know why and I never asked more questions than that because we were only co- communicating by text, so that was that. So I guess for a long time I was pretty angry. I guess I just was carrying around and probably still do, to be honest, like I don't, I don't, where else do you put it? Where else do you put that anger, that rage, that injustice? I don't really know. I don't really know where you put that. I don't really know what you do with it. I don't know how you channel it. We're not really taught to in our society. Which bit you, Which bit are you angry at? Okay, so first of all, probably just like angry at the, the simple fact that I was um, arrested and held in custody in the first place. And then furiously angry that they denied me any opportunity to contact friends and family that was the main thing i think because that was extremely vindictive of them and very deliberate so i would say that would be the main source of my anger that you know these are the there here are these people who are allegedly supposed to protect and serve the community and yet they're literally abducting and harming people and causing real harm to people's person to their lives to their bodies you know like it just it all makes me really angry I mean you know I'd already I was already like pretty angry at police prior to that I would say not that that affected this incident at all but maybe it did but maybe it didn't I don't really know like they're still out there killing people left, right, and center for doing absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? So I think I was like, okay, well, I got off light.
0: Your your preconceived ideas of of policing, even though you'd had no experience with them. Obviously, you're you're a, yeah. a, a mature a member of society, so you'd seen things. I'm going to be yeah. devil's advocate right here, so. Um, you said you know you're angry because you were arrested and you were put into custody, but some people yeah. and you know that I'm an ex-cop, but and I agree yeah, with really good know. policing and and I disagree with bad policing and bad police officers and you know one of the things I say is just it, it some people are bad people just because they wear the badge doesn't make them a a bad person. It's They are bad people. But some people would say, Laura, you know what, how can you say you're angry at them because you assaulted someone, you committed a crime, so they were doing their job. Take that away from, you know, what happened once you were in their custody because we'll talk about that in a minute. Sure, sure. What would be your answer to that?
1: Well, I mean, but also the alleged assault was allegedly against a police officer who had me in custody you know, as well, who had me, allegedly at the time, a very intoxicated, belligerent person who did not have full control over themselves and who was being forcibly, forcibly arrested and restrained, was probably feeling very scared and very unsafe and was probably just trying to protect themselves. Right.
0: But you don't know because you can't remember from a certain point. I
1: don't know. I just but you know, you imagine all of these things because all you can do is, you know, sort of like try and imagine how how must that person in that position have felt. Like why why would somebody behave like that? You know? And and when you say that you're talking about the the police or you're talking about No, myself myself, but I wasn't myself at that moment. I don't remember. So, you know, it's like talking about a third person, really. Right. And do you feel, or what What do you feel towards
0: the guy that you met? And the, obviously it was a sliding doors moment, right? That night yeah. on that Friday night. And you, this is the end result, which is ha- having a huge impact on you and your life and your family. How mm. do you feel about the unanswered questions around the the
1: date, the guy, I mean, I definitely have zero interest in dating. <laughs> that's for sure, and I hear other people's dating stories and stuff, and all of everything, even the even the rosiest stories just sound like a horror story to me right now, and everyone still just treats dating and especially internet dating so flippantly you know, and nobody's nobody's letting people know where they are when they go on a date. Nobody's verifying anybody's identity still at all. Like people are just still going out there and hooking up with people. They have no idea who they are. I And so I still find it kind of horrifying. I mean,
0: obviously you've been somebody who was in a position and we discussed it before, you know, um, what maybe hindsight's a wonderful thing, what things you could have done to to be more safe, and there's no saying that the circumstances wouldn't have been the same, but you would have, yeah. you know, when we were even trying to look for you, just knowing who he was or somebody having a picture of him would have would, would have helped. And, you know, that's worst-case yeah. scenario. But I, I know that when I first got the call from your family, that we literally didn't have anything to really go on other than where you had gone in the Uber, which we established fairly quickly. We knew what you were wearing because you sent that photo, but we didn't have a lot to go on. And I know that we touched on it before and, you know, you're saying that you won't date now or certainly not internet date, but you also could be a really strong voice to other people.
1: I don't really know, Nina, because this whole process kind of had me silenced in so many ways silenced from the very beginning silent you know like literally being in custody and being silenced and not giving it given a chance to call people that that has carried on and i don't want it to be for nothing but also i just want to get on with my fucking life you know but also i'm like well how but also how can i help other people but also i don't want to be vilified again you know like i'm scared i'm scared and i get it like people speak out and people stand up and and still get you know attacked and harassed and bullied and that's that's a lot and you can be doing up almost nothing you know but like yeah we don't The media especially, like, you know, are pretty harsh on people and especially women who are are speaking up and standing up for other women and people. I'd like to think, and I have, it's something that I've thought about a lot and constantly, honestly, but I even then silenced myself for a long time. I didn't tell anybody new about what had happened or any of that because I was so scared of people's judgment and I didn't want to be further judged and accused and and vilified, you know. And so I didn't tell anybody. And I met a whole bunch of new people, even though it took me a little, it took me a while to get back out there into into the world and into public and back to work. Um, It took me a while and it was very scary. And I had to get past a big fear factor of um, being out in the world and wondering who knew what (laughs) again and being judged for that. And so I just didn't tell anybody, you know. You told me that there was an,
0: an internet campaign, there were haters, there were trolls when it first happened, and that prevented you from wanting to, to go out. Who were they supporting? What, were the, what do you think they were trying to achieve by doing that? Because th- this, tell you, this really fucking yeah. pisses me off. I hate this. And I yeah. see it on every single fucking crime people talking yeah. shit
1: when they it's know horrible. nothing. Well, and, you know, additionally to that, a large reason why I ended up not saying anything, even to people that I know and have known for years and would bump into in the street here, you know, because obviously I'm from here and even though I haven't lived here for several years, I, I still bump into people literally around the corner, you know, and they have their own version of the story and it was too much energy and effort and I just and I didn't have enough breath to even correct them. People just came up with their own version of the story and um and would tell me their version of the story and not actually ask for my <laughs> not actually ask how I was really, or ask for ask what happened. They would just tell me their version of the story, and off they go. oh, okay, cool. And that's people I know, people I've known for like 20 years and stuff, you know. And so you can imagine people on the internet weighing in and picking, you know, all those news articles and everything, like they picked out the worst parts and the the parts that they'd been fed or the parts that they'd grabbed from, I don't even know where, maybe the police report or something or... I'm going to say parts that they'd been, you know, little stories, nibbles of stories that they'd been fed that were just perfect clickbait for people, you know, whether they're true or not. Nobody's questioning that, really. People that know me obviously question it, like people that know know me, but random strangers don't question that stuff. They just believe it at face value and it's all clickbait and they take those nibbles and then they come to you and they, they harass and bully you for it. People commenting really strange stuff on any anything they could get their hands on on the internet you know because I have I'm, I'm an actor and a singer and I haven't done anything hugely mainstream or anything so there's not a great deal on the internet as there is but my goodness people find it and <laughs> they comment and they find any way to get at you and get to you
0: so yeah. what what you're saying what's happened, Yes, there was
1: an allegation of a criminal assault made against you. But that wasn't even the thing that people were the most upset about. And understandably, understandably, what they were told was that I had thrown a drink on a toddler. Right. And that was obviously the the thing that most people were upset about, which makes perfect sense.
0: But that's not ever been... It was a statement that was made. It was a statement that was made in the press. Mm -hmm. But to this date, no one has actually confirmed that and there was no charges. Not to my knowledge. Right. But that was uh-huh. what the the haters were hating because there was a child allegedly involved. Yeah. The the second Absolutely. part of the police coming to the scene and you not wanting to be arrested or reacting in whatever way resulted in in the the bite of the cop. At that point it went to
1: you being treated badly by the police once you were in custody? There were very, very few people who made any comment about um, the treatment by the police. Very few. Only people that I knew, know personally or had already known personally. But obviously, you know, people trolling me and stuff there, most people were not commenting on that aspect of it at all because that's not what is going to make them angry so, so the, you were being
0: treated like a criminal because, in their eyes, you were a criminal. You had assaulted somebody. Oh, absolutely! But without yeah. knowing any, I mean, I know because I've spoken to you. I know that at a certain point, you have said time and again that you cannot remember that there were certain things that happened in the restaurant.
1: And it's so strange because, because I have, I have the memory of an elephant. I remember. Incidences in my life and events in my life like they were yesterday, like I could relive them right now in this moment that had happened 30 odd years ago. Like I can literally put myself in that moment and and kind of relive it and recollect so many like really intricate details of those things. And yet, like my friend one of my best friends just said to me my god you you have such an incredible memory you remember like she's like i don't remember any any of these things that have happened in my life pretty much but you remember everything yes i do remember everything and yet i don't remember that night that blows my mind that that particular incident and that event and that night i have no memory of and yet i remember so many other random things in such intricate detail. And that was a life-changing night for you. Yes, yeah, extraordinary, isn't it, that something can happen like that that you don't even remember and it changes the course of your entire life.
0: <laughs> is, is it over? Is the Is the court case all done and
1: fully finished with? I was ordered to complete 40 hours community service, which I have already completed. And I was ordered to attend 28, over the course of 12 months, 28 more AA meetings. So it's not over and it probably won't, and I don't think it'll be over until, well, what's 12 months? So November. And then the public defender will see about um, clearing my record.
0: Where's Laura going to from here? I'm
1: still piecing it together. Like I feel like I have so much to say and not just on this but just in in general like I feel like I have so much to say but probably also to do with this I have so much to say but I don't know how to express it you know and so I kind of feel that way and about moving forward and how to shape and create my future there's just a lot of ideas and um, trying to focus and direct those is my current challenge
0: I suppose before I'd even gone to court, your family were very much, this is not her, this is not who she is. But now there's an element of this is where I am because of this. But when you look back at that night, is there any point where you say, you know what, I take responsibility for this and this happened? Or is it a point of, you know what, I can't remember, I don't know what happened, so how can I be responsible
1: for I am somebody who generally takes radical responsibility and accountability for myself and my actions to a certain degree. Yeah, I don't remember, Uh, you know, obviously I don't remember. So I could, I could cop, I could opt out and not take any responsibility or accountability for myself and for what allegedly happened that night. But, but then I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be me if I weren't taking responsibility and accountability for myself and for that night. It just wouldn't be. It would be incongruent with who I am and not in alignment with my values. So even though I don't remember, I have to take responsibility for the fact that I actually went out that night and that that led to the events that happened. So I, I take responsibility for the fact that I didn't. I didn't feel like going out on that date that night, that I was tired, that I should have been at home making muffins, but I made a, a last minute decision to go and have one or two drinks with a person that I had met on the internet. The bits that I remember are what I can take responsibility and accountability for. And, you know, can also take responsibility for the parts that I don't even remember because I'm like, wow, that person must have been really scared and in a lot of pain.
0: Unfortunately, we'll never know exactly what happened on that night back in August 2022. What we do know is Laura will carry that experience with her forever. The sad reality is that despite having good intentions, dating in the age of the internet comes with a whole new set of responsibilities. If nothing else, we've learned that location sharing and doing our own due diligence is key when meeting people that haven't been properly vetted on a dating app, until these companies are held accountable for ensuring the safety of their users, we have to take the appropriate measures ourselves. Join me next week, I'll be talking to my favourite, although not always the best behaved, security operative, my son Harrison about some of the interesting operations we've done over the years, the many scrapes that I've had to get him out of, and the challenges that come with being the hired muscle in the family business. Until next time, I'm Nina Hobson, and this has been Codename Siren.